All right, we're here at the Spot Coffee on location with the Pints Provisions podcast. Um, I know Ryan and Mark to my right have joined us for the uh, podcast. We're very excited to be on location. Hey, Evan, how you doing? Hey. Mark, you're going to have to speak a little bit closer to the microphone, remember? Sorry. We've had problems with that before. We're, we're sharing mics today. Yeah. Well, that's because we got a big crew. Uh, we have Sarah, who is one of the founders of The Spot Coffee. We really appreciate you hosting us for this uh, little sit-down. And then we have Tristan and Mitch from CXT Coffee here in Peoria. They're a local roaster um, that provides some... Very good specialty coffees, uh, and they certainly know a lot. They've been talking to us here before to give us an idea of the kind of stuff they do. So it's really fun to have not only a local uh, coffee roaster, but also a a relatively new coffee um, shop here. So I'm going to first kind of get Sarah started off. Um, Since she decided to host us, this place has been open up how long? So we just hit our two-month mark. All right. Nice. Yeah. So it's been exciting. And before you were a mobile yes. um, coffee uh, um, provider, and I, I know that around town we would see where you were going to head, and you know you could you could always grab coffee. So how did it transition from being a mobile to now brick and mortar? So the whole concept uh, kind of evolved when my husband told me no. Like <laughs> no is like my biggest motivator <laughs> to do something. So um, when I was like, hey, I think we should open a coffee shop, and he was like. I think you know nothing about coffee. I don't know that (laughs) that's like the wisest investment. So I was like, um, what if we did a food truck for coffee just to see if, you know, just to try our hand in it and see if we have any interest here in Peoria. And so that's where we started. We started with the coffee truck and um, basically I would cold call businesses to try to get us on the scene. And once we kind of started building a little bit of a following, it it really took off. So yeah, it's been really a fun experience. We did the mobile scene for a year and we continue to, but we decided after the year's mark that uh, maybe we would venture into having a brick and mortar. So that's kind of how that evolved. So did you get uh, kind of used to a couple different locations? that became regular locations for you? Yeah. Or uh, or did you really just kind of bounce around town quite a bit? Yeah, great question. So we did kind of stick to um, just certain locations that um, we found to be, you know, great locations for our customer base. We were really able to dial in like who our customers were and where they were coming from. So we tried to find like central locations that were convenient for them or convenient for convenient for businesses that they may be working in. So like my office. Yes, exactly. <laughs> So, Mark, why don't they, they should come out to your office and they can just, you can just drink it all day long. <laughs> that sounds great to me. All right. Well, as it is customary, we're going to open up our first beer. And um, because we're talking with, or talking coffee, we're going to do pretty much coffee stouts. Uh, hopefully everyone knows a small brewery up in Chicago called Goose Island. Hmm. I've heard of them once or twice. Once yeah, or twice. Maybe. Um, but every year they release their Bourbon County. It's their... Uh, barrel age bourbon barrel age and we're going to do the coffee one from 2016 and it was made with intelligentsia fleca roja did i say that right tristan and mitch yeah i believe so thank you (laughs) um and and they're from costa rica so there we go do you guys have experience with any sort of uh coffee stouts have you guys are you guys uh into the beer at all Yeah, that's definitely a preference of mine when I do choose beer is a coffee stout. Yep. Very cool. 
Well, it's good that we have pretty much all coffee stouts here today. Yeah. I guess another interesting question is um, here in Peoria, we seem to have quite a resurgence of coffee places and specialty coffee places. So um, it was, was, was that just timing um, that you guys decided to kind of open up or was there a big demand for it or just a big interest in it? Well, actually, I come from a really small town, and so like when you would wake up on a Saturday or even before work to try to grab coffee, it was just like from a gas station, and we all know that gas station coffee is not you know where it's at. <laughs> so um, the mobile really provided small towns as well as you know the Peoria area with quality handcrafted coffee. Um, so that too was a need that we were fulfilling with the mobile coffee is to those small towns providing quality coffee. That's true. Otherwise you'd have to travel. So then how did you get hooked up with uh, Tristan at CXT and their crew? Well, it was just kind of, you know, um, I bopped in there one day because, you know, I love coffee. So I continue to go to all the local coffee shops and um, popped in there one day and just really fell in love with who they were as a family and as a business and um, really felt compelled to want to work with them. And um, I'm a huge supporter of other small businesses, especially in Peoria. So I knew that, you know, like, it would probably be great to align my business with what they have going. Mm -hmm. They're so knowledgeable and have just been wonderful for my business because I can call them at a moment's notice with any kinds of questions or needs, and they're always there to help me. So it's really been a, a wonderful partnership on my end. Well, they did bring a, a coffee tasting wheel. So um, I'm sure if you're a wine connoisseur, there's, you know, you know your wine tasting wheel, their beer tasting wheels. I'm, I, I guess I didn't know there was a coffee tasting wheel, but I'm, again, not surprised. So thanks for bringing that. Oh, absolutely. And there's actually, with unroasted coffee, uh, there's like 300 different flavors you can get from it. And then uh, after you roast it, there's over a thousand tasting notes. Wow. So there's actually uh, quite a few tasting notes that you can get from it. Well, because I think that a lot of times one person may not be particularly great at picking out the flavors in wine, but maybe they can do beer or they don't really get all the flavors out of beer and they can do wine. So I guess I feel that my love for coffee has not yet reached that, you know, epitome, but I would like it to. So teach oh, us. That's, yeah. <laughs> that's what I'm excited about. Um, I love, I've always loved coffee and, but I just don't, it's, this is going to be great. I want to be educated today. Um, I'm, I'm looking forward to this. All right. So what do we think about the first beer? I have not tried it yet. We got to smell it first. It smells like coffee and a lot of barrel. So yeah. plenty of coffee flavors coming through for, uh, is it faded a little bit? Oh, I think, yeah, I think it's a little bit, a little bit faded for sure. But as we know, as it's we still noted, actually, this it's, is a, this is 2016 that we're drinking. Yeah, so it's so last year's, no, two years, sorry, two years ago. It was probably bottled in October of 16. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I would actually thought that there was going to be less coffee in here than it is it's actually coming through pretty nice. Yeah. Cause I suppose it depends on the way you do your coffee and your beer. There may be more fading of it or it, there's a, there's some that hang on really well and some that don't hang on as well. Um, I have a feeling that the one you guys brought that you use your coffee in probably is best fresh. And the more time, uh, that that's been sitting around, you may lose a little bit of that coffee. I could be wrong, but um, especially with something that's like bourbon barrel aged, like this is, uh, it's probably going to have a lot of uh, a lot of life on your shelf. A question that I had for you guys, um, much like a, a stout that 
we want to warm up so that we can taste uh, the different uh, flavors and aromas. We, we want to pick those up as it warms closer to room temperature. Um, how does that play out with coffee? Obviously, coffee is traditionally served hot, but I would assume you're not going to pick up all the, the notes when it's hot. So as it cools down, is that basically you kind of wanted to just back that off towards room temperature, maybe not necessarily room temperature? What's your guys' thoughts on that? Well, for me, <clears throat> you can definitely tell a difference in the temperature, the, the coffee, the tastes. So uh, as you taste it very hot, you're only going to taste the heat there mm-hmm. um, and then burn your tongue and possibly ruin the, the rest of the coffee. Um, as it cools down, you can develop more fruity flavors, um, more of the, uh, the acidity and the, the body of the, the coffee. So uh, for me, I enjoy my coffee more lukewarm and cool. Mm-hmm. So uh, I find uh, when coffee cools down, you can really tell if it's a good cup of coffee or if it's brewed right because you don't get as many uh, bitter flavors from the coffee itself. Okay. Um, That's but. exactly like beer. Like why you, you know, beers that maybe don't have that much flavor, they tend to serve extremely cold. Right. So it just like mass that American up. lagers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So um, if you're, you know, if you're making a cup of coffee, um, it's got to be at that point in time, it's 195, 200 degrees mm-hmm. roughly. Yes, so are you letting uh, it, are you just letting it sit there for 20 minutes, 30 minutes before uh, uh, you much. really before you really get the flavors that you wanted to get out of it? For me, yeah. But okay. I also like to, to taste it right as it's hot, too, just to really know like where I'm at and then developing the, the flavor throughout okay. chilling down. But yeah, we kind of talk about that all the time with beers. It's just kind of the evolution of the flavors coming yeah. out as it warms yeah. up, and that's kind of part of the experience oh, uh, that you get wh- while you're drinking it. So it's the same, you know, same with coffee, and people would say the same. Same with white wine, for sure. Obviously, red's a little bit more. Well, yeah, the same temperature the whole time. But yeah, I never would have thought to let my coffee cool down that much. It's like that's the way my grandma used to drink it. But I suppose yeah. uh, it, it makes sense. <laughs> it makes sense. I, I guess next time I make coffee at home, especially with uh, and maybe we'll kind of get into this, too, is the different brewing methods. You know, when I do a Chemex, I'm like, oh, yeah, I don't want to let this get too cool because otherwise I'm going to lose it. But I guess I need to be a little bit more patient with it. Yeah, that's kind of actually my favorite is like when I do a pour over, like when it gets actually cool like i like what tristan was saying you know you can just really taste all the roasting notes and things in it so i really enjoy it more a little bit cool so yeah give it a whirl next time small disclaimer i mean really just do that with specialty coffee though (laughs) right yeah you're not going to want to let your folders that's what my grandma likes you want to drink that piping hot (laughs) yes exactly burn your tongue burn your tongue it's fine So before we get, uh, you know, ahead on other topics too much, I guess, uh, Tristan and Mitch, tell us about CXT a little bit and how you guys got started. You've been open for less than two years, more than a year, I think. And I guess I'm really anxious to hear just a little bit like about the roasting process and what you, how you guys get the beans and just some of the details behind that. Well, it uh, really all started with um, we as a family really love coffee and have a passion for it. So it's something we've always just gathered around and enjoyed a cup of coffee together and talked about who knows what. Um, And it turns out my mom wanted to open up a a cafe or roastery 15, 20 years ago, and we had no one really to roast coffee. She didn't want to roast coffee, neither did my dad. So it was just something that just fell off. And we were adolescent kids, you know, had nothing to do with it. So um, really it developed uh, when we were just sitting around, like was it Easter break or so? We talked about how much money we really spend on coffee and just how do we, you know, get around that. And 
picked up coffee roasting as a hobby. We did some research and found a small sample roaster made in ta Taiwan, uh, stainless steel and infrared burner. Started playing around with that. Um, really fell in love with uh, the science behind roasting coffee and all of the flavors that develop and all the ways you can roast coffee. So we just had the, the engine rolling there and um, really snowball effect. I think uh, once we started realizing that Tristan's actually pretty good at roasting coffee, <laughs> we started, you know, from my perspective, I started looking, hey, maybe we can actually make a few bucks off this. Um, so how did we get up and get up and going in business is sort of a weird story because we thought we could just roast in the garage and sell online or something. Turns out you can't really do that. <laughs> so, uh, you know, we were looking at cottage licenses, maybe doing some, um, you know, farmer's markets and things like that. And at the time, the, the, the rules said you couldn't really do that either. So we just said, all right, well, I guess we're either going to do this or not. And uh, kind of what Tristan was saying earlier, you know, when we had that sort of idea 10, 15 years ago, and it kind of just didn't pan out. We thought, hey, you know what? We're all around. Let's just get, get together and do this. And we opened a small shop in downtown Peoria and... You know, kind of didn't know what we were getting into, but uh, every day has been a learning experience. So it's been about a year and a half now, and yeah. awesome. you're doing it. I love that. Yeah, that's interesting because I, I bet there's probably some similarities between you know being a like I'm a home brewer, um, getting interested in the process. Like, how do you make it taste like this? How do you make it taste like that? Um, how do you get the color out? How do you get the smell and aromas and the bitterness out of hops? Um, same with coffee. But the other interesting thing is the business side of it. You know, obviously I can't sell my homebrew to anybody. I can give it away, but there's certain rules and regulations behind that. And I bet they're fairly similar when it comes to, is it just because it's a food product or? Yeah, coffee kind of falls in one of those gray areas of whether it's a food or a beverage or a pre-prepared food. So, you know, are you actually cooking it? Not really, but, you know, basically it turns out you need a commercial kitchen or at least at the time. Um, and huh. of course, after we got our location, they kind of changed the rule on that yeah. a little bit. So why not? Yeah, of course. So, okay, so what makes a good roasting process? Obviously, if you have any, you know, really specialty tips or, or things, you know, secrets, trade secrets or whatever, you know, you don't have to tell us. But, uh, right. you know, I mean, what makes, you know, Mitch, you said, you know, you said once you guys realized that he was good at roasting coffee. I mean, is it a certain method, certain temperature, time? I mean, how does that, how does that exactly work? I'm going to let Tristan explain that a little bit, but there's so many thousands of variables that go into it even the trade secrets not you know if you don't have the same exact coffee from the same harvest with the same machine it's uh and the same air pressure and different altitudes i mean you, it's it's pretty much tough to to mimic anyone's roast 100 percent. but mm -hmm. yeah so uh, it really depends on the type of roaster you're using too so like there's different drums you can have like a cast iron drum or a stainless steel drum and you have like infrared burners versus uh air roasting and then uh, natural gas. Um, so all of these are factors that go into the roasting process. And then also the density of the bean, where the, the coffee bean is from, grown, what elevation. Um, so really what we like to do is categorize those, the densities of the beans. Um, so if you have a low density bean, uh, maybe you're gonna throw a little more energy at the front of the roast. What would, what would make a low density bean is that a low altitude or a high altitude or low altitude okay. so we have like a sumatra bean that's uh very fairly large in size but uh, it's very low density okay um so with that particular bean i throw a lot of energy up front to help get that uh the heat to penetrate the bean um and then cook inwards 
Um, so then you have a lot of airflow and then heat up front, and then you slow down the roast towards the end, um, adding more airflow, but then slowing the rate of rise of the heat of the bean. That way you're developing a lot of flavors. Hmm. Um, but then shortly after like what's called the first crack, where water vapor um, cracks out of the bean, uh, that's where you want to be careful because with a low density bean, uh, you can really uh, destroy the bean and the flavors okay. by roasting the sugars. So you probably have had some growing pains with like ruining batches <laughs> yeah. and having to throw away batches, just 100%. like just like I have with uh, the beers. And sometimes they don't turn out the way you want, or they get infected and things like that that you have to, you know, really monitor and you really have to watch. Oh yeah, hundred percent. So with all the the varieties that you have now, do you have pretty much have those methodologies down for the the beans that you're selling, or are you changing it up and trying new things and like? You know, you have a Costa Rica that, that you can buy there, you know, like a to-go bag. Right. Are you Is that pretty much a consistent roasting process for that Costa Rica, or um, are you changing it up and trying new methods, or, or do you have, or maybe not even, try, I don't mean trying new, but like, right. you have like three or four different ways that you like roasting the, the Costa Rica bean, and then kind of change that up, you know, every couple months or something like that. Uh, definitely. Okay. So we try to get like the freshest harvest and the crops, um, and when we do so... Uh, I typically try to play around with the, the coffee at first to find a sweet spot of it. But when you roast enough, you can really gain a sense of uh, how that bean's going to roast. And then through smell, too, and sight, um, I can really smell the different uh, roasts and the flavor profiles coming out of the, the bean through the trier that we have. So um, typically, I aim for like a, a very similar roast. But that's the whole thing with roasting coffee. You never know how it's going to roast. Um, or, I mean, you ruin a few batches, but that's what happens as a roaster because you want to, you know, explore every option you have. Mm -hmm. So, but relatively consistent, I would say. So have you been all the farms with the locations of uh, beans that you guys have? Or have you just bought from different places in those areas to test them out and things like that? Oh, I, I don't I even wish. know how that works. <laughs> yeah, pretty soon. I mean, we definitely want to go to all the farms just to, to see and to experience that farm life. Um, but we've gone to like Costa Rica. I've been to Ecuador and both Peru. Um, so I always uh, try to go as, mm -hmm. as far as I can to mm -hmm. see those coffee plantations, but can't be way too long to... And to are you pretty much buying the beans from the same place over and uh, over? Or? Well, what would you say? Or is that, is that Mitch's Mr. job? He, he's our <laughs> coffee buyer. <laughs> Yeah, so buy, buying the coffee is a little bit of a different process. You know, I can touch on that here in a sec. I, I, one point I wanted to make just really quick was that um, one thing we focus on is having different roasting profiles kind of for even our different clients. So actually Sarah at the spot here has her own unique um, coffee roast for each of her coffees. So if you're definitely interested in trying out how, you know, the roast affects the different coffees, definitely try out her coffee versus ours. And you can definitely notice the difference. We could, we could do like a coffee flight. Yeah. Something like that. You know, you go That'd to be a cool. Yeah. Yeah. And find out what the different um, places do with the different beans. I would be curious too, just uh, based on location, hearing from all three of you guys, like, is there a certain uh, region that is like your favorite bean? Is it, you know, I, I'd just be curious to hear all three of you guys. We'll start with Mitch. Okay, so my favorite coffee is always the cheapest one. No. I'm just oh, so you, you like the hot Folgers coffee? Uh, no, I, so I'm the coffee buyer for CXD Roasting Company, and uh, so that's kind of my little joke. I got, I got but uh, I would say probably one of my favorites. I, I do. I know it's an old classic, but I love Ethiopian coffees. 
um, especially just the natural process ones. They're just so unique and fruity, and, and I just feel like when Tristan roasts them, they, um, they really shine to me. Uh, and then I also just really like Costa Rican. It's our old go-to. It's sort of what got us in the biz, and um, it's just a solid coffee with some nice floral notes, and just, you know, you could drink that every morning if you wanted to. And for me, um, as the roaster, I it really depends, honestly. I prefer a natural process in the coffee because, uh, one, it's a little more difficult for the farmers, so they have to pay a little more attention to how they're, they're processing it. Um, but you do get a lot of uniqueness out of a specific area, um, funky tastes. So, you know, there I try to find a country that has a natural because I, I tend to flock there. Um, we have a new Honduras coffee that's a natural process. And, and even though it's more of like a, a medium body, you get a lot of fruit forward notes, a lot of purple fruits. And so that right now, I would say the Honduras is something that's on my list of favorites. But uh, I uh, never shy too far away from a Guatemala, too. Oh, so, yeah. 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 Sarah, how about you? Okay, well, I'm really lucky because I get these knowledgeable guys on my team to kind of, like, steer me in the right direction for the great coffees. So um, my favorite is, I mean, I think it has been since the first time that I came in for a tasting, was the Indonesian, the Sumatra. Like, there's just something about that. I just, I really love it. Doesn't that tend to be a very deep and very kind of, like, dark fruit, dark roast kind of coffee? Typically, at least when I've ever had it, I always feel like I'm getting punched in the face with, you know, tons of like intense coffee flavors. I mean, I could be wrong, but like, that's what pops into my mind. Yeah. The Indonesians are a lot of fun because they're, they're sort of known as love it or hate it kind of coffees. Yeah. I mean, if you really love that sort of earthiness that comes through sometimes, I mean, it's a great coffee for you. Um, but I love Indonesian as well. Me too. Oh, go ahead. Oh. Yeah. I mean, with, uh, with ours specifically, you get a lot of um, spicy and smoky notes. Um, but they're, as a dark roast, you do get a lot of flavors from it. Yeah. So it, it is a favorite of those who really appreciate dark roasts. Yeah. And like you were saying earlier, just kind of like lukewarm, it's it's amazing. Mm-hmm. So sometimes when you're busy in the shop and you can't like get to your coffee, it's an amazing cup to come back to later and... You guys don't stress out about cold coffee at all, do you? No. It's like, oh, no, my coffee's getting cold. I got to heat it up. You know, like no, put you it don't up. heat Gr- it up. Grandma no. would put it in the <laughs> microwave. My, my wife microwaves hers whenever it gets uh, close uh, to lukewarm. Oh, I'm just right. like, you don't have to do that. No. <laughs> You're killing the coffee. Yeah, no. <laughs> now, now not only can I be um, a super beer snob at home, now I can. Yeah. Now I've like elevated my uh, coffee snobbery at home yeah. too. So yes. Well, speaking. Once is, the bags of coffee start landing on the doorstep, my wife's like, no. <laughs> you already get too much beer. We do not need to add this to it. All right. So um, locally in St. Louis, there's a great brewery um, called Perennial Artisan Ales. Um, They put out some great things, uh, and one of them is a collaboration with a coffee roaster um, called Sump Coffees, and uh, this is their imperial stout with Sump Los Rosales coffee, and this was uh, from the Colombian region of Norino, Um, and I, I did look up this because, you know, my coffee knowledge is not as great, but it's influenced uh, by its proximity to the Pacific Ocean, um, and it tends to have lots of black cherry plum and milk chocolate flavors. So we'll see if we can get those out of this. Okay, so while he's pouring that, I have a question for all three of you, if you if you want to answer. Um, when you're making a cup of coffee at home, is there a certain methodology that you have a preference to, or is it more kind of 
flavor of the day type of thing, or is, do you do you kind of have a go-to process, you know, between like a French press or Chemex or anything like that? Well, for me, it really depends on how many brew methods you have at home. Um, so uh, when I go home to like my mother and father's place, they have a what's a mo- called a mocha master, and it's a drip. Uh, it's actually a great process uh, for auto drip. Um, so typically I'll do one of those, but uh, if I'm only making a few cups, I'll do a Chemex. I, I love the Chemex so much. Uh, it really holds a lot of oils back, so then you get a true flavor of the coffee. Oftentimes uh, the oil will really just mask the flavor by sticking to the taste buds, and then it just the flavor goes right over your tongue. So the, the Chemex really helps hold back all, all of those. That's like such an unbitter cup of coffee when you make it with the Chemex. Oh, yeah. It's so smooth. Mm-hmm. Um, once I once I had um, that, um, at least uh, the, for the first time I purchased one, I was like, I got to get one of these things. Right. Oh, yeah. And I it's always a, recommend that. And it's a pretty thing. It makes you look like you're like doing chemistry, which you are. Oh, yeah. You know, you chemistry in the kitchen, and the kids are like, what, what is that? Well, the first time uh, I was introduced to Chemex at your house, uh, Evan. Sweet. And, and I was I was impressed. I was impressed with the, the process because – Basically, at home, we're, we're French press people, uh, but the, having, a, having the Chemex made me a believer. Oh, yeah, and, and we've talked about, like, French pressing, too, which is kind of a fun way. I remember being in Guatemala, like, you'd get a lot of French pressing down there. Um, and we've talked uh, before on a previous episode about taking that Bourbon County beer and French pressing all sorts of junk into it, like cinnamon toast crunch and, you know, putting graham crackers, uh, putting, marshmallows and chocolate and making and, and it's just really fun. So putting coffee beans and putting coffee yeah. beans into it. So um, yeah, cool. it's, it's a fun little uh, toy. It's a fun little toy. <laughs> yeah, you can do a lot with French presses. That's for sure. Mitch, what's yours? I got to go with just a standard pour over. I mean, I just love the either Hario V60 cone or um, we've been playing around with the um, St. Anthony Industries uh, C70. And, you know, it's just a great cup every time. Nothing fancy about it. Anyone can do it. And it's much more approachable than some of the other fancy methods like siphon brewers and everything. And you don't need a lot. I just, I mean, I really like it. You don't need any real special grinders. Just a nice, nice medium coarseness in the grind and get a great cup of coffee so i'm like really standard um so like oh, on a Sarah's sunday Sarah's like i have my own store <laughs> no no so like, like this is pretty pitiful but like on a sunday when my husband and i are just like enjoying coffee like and you know want a lot we just do a standard drip you know we just have a standard cuisinart coffee maker and you know so nothing too fancy we also have a home espresso machine so on those busy mornings we'll throw together you know, an espresso-based drink. But for the most part, when we're going to enjoy coffee, we just do standard drip. That's that's because you're going for volume there. Yes, exactly. (laughs) You know, my wife and I drink, it's pure volume. So if I do Chemex and that, then I got to do it four times. That's going to take up like an hour. So yeah, the standard standard, uh, drip is perfect for volume. Yes. I would say on a on a daily basis at work, it's the standard drip, and then I kind of reserve the French press and some of those things for for the weekend when I have a little more time. Ryan, how about you? Oh yeah, I Sarah, I'm just like you. We have uh, we have a KitchenAid um, uh, drip machine or whatever, mm-hmm. and and I probably drink uh, <laughs> too much coffee. Me too. It's kind of a volume thing too. Yes. So uh, um, you know, in the morning I'll make you know I'll probably drink. Uh, 
I don't know, two or three cups or whatever, and, and that's on a, a weekday. <laughs> and then the weekends, I usually make a couple batches or whatever. So it's probably more of a volume thing, but uh, I've kind of been a little fearful to get to try the Chemex method. Um, whenever I go to a coffee shop, I'm always ordering a Chemex. I mean, that's that's definitely what probably my preference is. Um, I think it pulls out so much more flavor doing it that way. But uh, yeah, at home, that's that's kind of my go-to. But mm-hmm. I've been leaning on getting, you know, we, we do have a French press, but... Uh, you know, I, I haven't gotten it quite down yet. We've only had it for a couple months, um, but uh, I need to get a Chemex going and get that process down like I yes, know Evan, do. Evan does. Yes, you do. <laughs> It'll be well worth your time, and your wife will love you for it. Hey, Mitch, you brought something up that kind of uh, brought a question to my mind uh, about the uh, the coarseness of the grind. So I, I have my whole beans at home. I put them into the grinder. Uh, you said kind of a – the. The key is a, a, a medium coarseness to to the when you're grinding the beans. Is that kind of the best? Because uh, I'll, I'll see some people just absolutely annihilate those things in a in a grinder, and it's like it, it's, so. Just a little bit of insight on that. I mean, the the grind is so important to your cup of coffee. I mean, it's it's kind of ridiculous, actually. I mean, I was a non-believer initially, but once you kind of taste how it makes a difference. It's unbelievable. I mean, you got to think of coffee when you're brewing it as kind of like you've got your time, your heat, and basically your temperature. And depending on the combination of those three different things, you want your grind to match that. So if you've got an espresso machine, right, you're doing short amount of time, high heat, high pressure, you need that extraction to be just right, and you need a lot of small particles, so you need a very fine grind. If you're doing something like a Chemex, right, you're just leisurely pouring some hot water over it, you're letting it do its thing, um, a looser grind is going to allow that to kind of go through quickly at the right pace, but also expose itself to the coffee enough where you're getting that nice flavor out of it. Yeah, I mean, uh, so the way you think about it, uh, with a, an espresso shot, um, you're having a little time. It's, you know, it's 22 to 30 seconds. Um, so you really want a, a fine grind for that because the water is, the amount of time that water is hitting the coffee Um since it's so fine, it's extracting everything. So sure. if you extract a long, if you go like 45 seconds with espresso, you're really going to pull all those bitter notes because you're taking everything out of the coffee and uh, over-extracting it. So, you know, you have uh, coarser is slower, and then finer is faster. Okay. Uh, some that four words sense. there, yeah. Oh, that's good to know, too. Yeah. What do you usually recommend for just your at-home drip? Uh, it's going to be more of like a medium, medium right fine. Yeah, because uh, depending what type of drip, auto drip machine you have, you can over extract it very easily. Uh, even if you have a small amount of coffee in there, it's uh, necessary to have a long time to brew through it. Not because you can over extract it if you do it uh, too long. And then if it's too little of a time, you're going to under extract it. So you're going to get a lot of sour notes out of those. That's what I was going to ask. I was going to yeah. ask what kind of flavors you're going to get yeah. if it's over-extracted. Sour? Over-extracted, you're going to get more bitter notes. Okay. Um, under-extracted, so if you do too little time, um, you're really going to get sour notes and astringent uh, okay. tendencies. Okay. So, Interesting. Yeah. It's a science. It really is. Okay. It's just it's just about as sciencey as brewing, you know, just you know, being able to extract things at different times. Um, very similar. So that's why probably as much as we get obsessed with the the beer process we're just as equally obsessed but less knowledgeable about the coffee process all right two beers in let's compare yeah. them yeah we haven't talked about the beer at all yet oh, I, gosh 
personally, we drank one um, and switched to another and, and didn't mention anything about the beer. I got more coffee out of the Bourbon County. What about you guys? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I would agree. You can really smell the fruitiness of the cup, I find, but then it's not as coffee inside. A lot, lot of aroma, but not much on the tongue. Mm-hmm. I would agree with that. The what? The fruitiness and coffee? Yeah, I just don't have a down for coffee. <laughs> yeah, well, well, we got to work on that. I'm, I'm just curious. Do you have any sense that this could possibly be infected? No. Okay. Because I feel like I get a little bit of that green apple, um, kind of like fruitiness, and sometimes that can be perceived as uh, like a little off flavor or a little infection. I'm just curious. No, but I will say, um, you know, I had. This is the 2018, right? Yep. 2018. Okay, it is right there. I had this, uh, I don't know, two weeks ago maybe, and I, <laughs> I think mine was thicker and more chocolatey and more coffee forward. So it was just, it, it definitely is tasting a little bit different. I don't know if that's because, you know, I've, we had, I had a cup of coffee and then this Bourbon County coffee first or, or what. But, yeah. Um, I mean, I think it's, no, I, I don't think it's infected. I think it's, I think it's still pretty nice, but definitely the, the beer that's, uh, a year and a half old versus three months old, um, ironically, has uh, a lot more coffee right. flavors coming right. through. And that usually it's the opposite. Usually, yeah. a longer the longer a, a coffee beer sits, it starts to fade. So that's uh, interesting it, take. And interesting, I think that the sump is a lot more viscous. There's a lot more viscosity to this than than you look at the Bourbon County, which kind of surprises me. But out of the perennials that I've usually had that have been imperial stouts, they tend to be quite you know, quite thick motor oil. Yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah. I mean the, the alcohol content in the sump is uh, 10.6% and That's in the kinda, bourbon County coffee, like it 13, is 12.5. 12.5. I think, yeah, last year's was a little bit lower, but for, you know, basically 2% lower, it's definitely, uh, some's definitely thicker. If you were looking for more beer podcasts, just like the one you're listening to right now, then head on over to hoppedupnetwork.com. We are a podcast network focused on our local craft beer communities. Here's a quick example of one of the many podcasts you will find. What's up, everyone? My name is Matt. And my name is Kate. And we are your hosts of the Craft House Cinema Podcast. Craft House Cinema celebrates all of the history, people, places, fuck-ups, and triumphs that go into the production of two of the world's greatest art forms, beer and movies. We also love hearing from you. Follow us on Instagram at Craft House Cinema to join the discussion. So crack open a cold one, watch some good movies, and hang out with us. On the Craft House Cinema Podcast. It's always great to talk about coffee while drinking coffee beers. Oh, like yeah. it's, <laughs> I love that. I love that element to it. Yeah, and I kind of just bounce back and forth now because now that my coffee is cooler, yeah. I'm yeah. trying to pick out a lot more of those uh, you know, flavors do you guys have any experience with the Jamaican Blue Mountain coffee at all? I've heard it's expensive, Mitch. So uh, I don't yeah. know. I don't know if you're uh, having Mitch a hard time with this one. That. You know, I, I uh, I'm a weird I'm guy. <laughs> I'm a weird guy because I'm the cheap guy, but I also like to splurge here and there. Yeah. So uh, we have uh, we got something very similar. It was called a Haitian Blue. Oh, so okay. it was the same strain of um, Jamaican Blue Mountain, but it's actually grown in Haiti. So they kind of you know called it the Haitian Blue. And uh, that was a little pricey, um, but we had a lot of fun with that coffee. We still actually have some, um, but it's... Do you have bags to go? We do. Dude, all <laughs> right. <laughs> it goes pretty fast, I'll be Good honest. Good to know. Okay. The, the thing about that one is it's super nutty. Uh, yeah. I mean, if you like just kind of like a nice 
I don't know, almond peanutty kind of coffee. Oh man, this one comes through like in flying colors. A lot of notes of uh, like your your walnuts, but then it has a very nice sweetness to, towards the end of it. Okay. So um, that sounds fantastic. Yeah, it, tra- it attracts a lot of people. Yeah, and it was kind of weird how we came across it. We were at Coffee Fest in Chicago and actually got to talking with these this group called Cafe Creole. And they actually work in, directly with the farmers in Haiti. It's kind of like a social project. So we got to talking with them, talked to them a little bit, it jived with their roaster a little bit. And we said, you know what? Hey, if you guys have any green you want to sell us, we'd love to try it sometime. And they said, absolutely, we'll send you a sack. So uh, shout out to those guys. They were, they were pretty cool about it. So tell us about Coffee Fest. I haven't heard of this. <laughs> Sounds like something I should uh, look into. <laughs> yeah, I think it's, it, it's every year, but it's not always in Chicago. Um, this year it happened to be, or last year, I guess it happened to be in Chicago. So we went up there and basically it's, you go in there and it's everything you want to know about coffee and all the different trends. They have classes, they do things like latte art. Um, they talk about what's happening in the industry. A lot of vendors kind of showing off their latest gear, a lot of latest technology and grinders, brewing technologies. I mean, it's, it's cool. And, and you just walk around and get a lot of coffee. <laughs> okay. So they are pouring like cups of coffee that they've uh yeah that they've you almost get to the recently. point where you're like you know i've had enough yeah. oat, oat milk coffee already you know, like. <laughs> your heart starts skipping beats yes. yeah i know that um really specialty coffees are now getting really big in beers uh especially these big kind of barrel aged stouts uh, you're starting to see geisha coffees i think that's kind of a buzzword now um, and for a while, there were a couple couple of beers, and of course, I think they do this for the shock factors. That Kopi Luet coffee. Oh yeah. So those are those are a couple of things you see um, kind of trending now with some of these newer beers, uh, coffee beers. You'll see those kind of specialty um, roasts. And I know that Geisha coffee is super expensive, so I'm sure Mitch can say how much that is. Yeah. So I'll let, I'll let Tristan talk about the the Kopi Luet, but um, the the Geisha. I mean, it's. I'm going to go out on a limb and say it's, it's worth the hype to an extent. I mean, that coffee is it's wonderful. I mean, sure. it's, it's, it's almost like you don't expect it to be that good. You think, okay, this is going to be a lot of hype. But once you roast it and you get those amazing, like, Earl Grey, jasmine type notes coming through and just a super smooth and very flavorful coffee that just seems to brew well under any, you know, brew method. I mean, it's, it's really good. But, yeah, yeah. like you said – Super expensive. We're looking at maybe getting another sack here, but we got a. <laughs> I, I think <laughs> definitely. So you, so you, so you got a, you got a sack at one point. We had some, and it sold out pretty quickly. Yeah. Um, you know, because really, you just got to try it, and then you're like, okay, I, I see the value in this. Um, but we didn't buy a lot of it initially because we're like, okay, this is a little, little bit of a gamble, but you know, we're we like to try different things and, and really explore what's out there. All right, you should let us know next time you get that. Uh, it's exquisite. <laughs> Even when uh, it cooled down, too, I'll tell you, the, the flavors completely changed, and we were all like, whoa, what is this? Are we wow. drinking the same coffee? And sure enough, we were. So uh, that, was, that was great. I missed that coffee. Yeah, we didn't sell all of it. We, we hoarded some of it. Yep. <laughs> but it's, it's gone now. I see how it is. Um, but, yeah, I found the, the Kopi Luwak coffee. Um, one of, one of my regulars went to a wedding and he got a, a gift of it and he brought it in and he said he, he didn't trust himself to brew it. So he brought it in and I was lucky enough to brew it for us. So there's three of us. Um, but it's such a fascinating process really with the, the civet. 
um, because it's a completely clean process. And, you know, you're, you're, even though it's pooping out the, the coffee seeds, it's not necessarily sticking with the coffee, right? The farmers are going to wash it completely, and then it's going to be roasted in a, in a drum that goes up to 450 degrees, you know, um, not necessarily dropping that, that temperature, but um, it, was, it was very unique. I mean, I, I may go out and say I wasn't a fan of the roast level. It may have been a little too dark for me, but uh, at the same time, maybe that's what that coffee needed was a, a more medium roast. Uh, but definitely give it a shot sometime. Maybe not $80 a cup, but oh no, for no. less. <laughs> if you can get it for less. Do you remember what that beer was that had the Kopi Luwak coffee? Well, Ailsmith's Il- done it with Kopi Luwak That's before. What it they was. do a lot of variants with just the changing up the coffee. So I'd love to have like three or four of those. It, it's the Speedway Stout mm-hmm. that they uh, that they add coffee to. So they do a, they do a Jamaican Blue. They do a Vietnamese. They do Vietnamese. a Kopi Luwak. Um, I, think they, I think they do five or six different kinds. I'd love to have those side by side and just see if... I mean, I'm sure you guys would all do much better with the flavors from the coffee than the I would. The but, Mexican uh, Speedway. And then they do a Mexican. Yep, that's right. So, I mean, that'd be really fun to do uh, sometime. What's What's the Hammerhead from that? Ha- uh, hammerhead, that's another coffee. I don't know what the, Which, the actual coffee okay. is, but that is that is another coffee okay. that they do for that. Something else that you I guys are talking about, the, the coffee beers. Uh, a, a trend that I'm seeing is also uh, coffee-infused cocktails. Yes. Um, yep. And actually, uh, correct me if I'm wrong here, but at the uh, local uh, Peoria Hopscotch event, mm-hmm. I think, uh, was it CXT had a, no? Who, no, who, no. Who um, so that, that event is for the Children's, um, uh, children's Playhouse um, mm-hmm. down in uh, Glen Park. And every year they do kind of a beer and uh, whiskey-themed event. They have some breweries and local uh, breweries, although that's kind of a little difficult. But then they also have... Um, some of the bars and things in town, and one of them, it was Zion Coffee, had okay. made a, um, oh, now I'm blanking. It was the cold fashioned. So they made like an old fashioned mm-hmm. with coffee, and man, that was fun. That yeah. was just such a fun cocktail to kind of infuse at least one of my favorite cocktails with one of my favorite non, you know, alcoholic drinks. And it was, it was, it went over very well. I, I've heard good things about that drink, actually. Um, another thing I actually encourage is. Uh, when you are drinking a coffee stout, to to question how they infuse the coffee into the beer, because um, I know there's uh, plenty of different options of doing that. Whether it's um, really immersing, uh, doing a full immersion with the beans, or using cold brew. So I mean, I don't know how much that impacts the flavor, but I feel like it'd be a, ton. a great amount. Yeah. yeah, I think the cold the cold brew almost adds too much coffee flavor. I mean, you can. I'm in. Well, sometimes okay. Sometimes that's a good thing. Sometimes that's a bad thing. But I think some of the ones that just add a cold brew coffee, it almost takes too much away from the actual beer, and you're you're just tasting a lot of coffee. Now, that's not necessarily a bad thing. But sometimes when I'm drinking a coffee stout, I would love to kind of like this the sump where, you know, you're definitely getting that chocolate malt and and the base stout part of it. Um, and I and this is probably more like Evan, what you've done, where you're like dry hopping it with with the coffee beans or coffee, you know, ground up coffee beans, hmm. after the actual uh, brewing process is done. So then it's more, probably more than just like a note of coffee, but it's you know you're getting a coffee flavor, but you're definitely tasting a good good chunk of that that stout part of it too. Well, and I think that's a perfect segue because that was one topic we really wanted to hit, and just from like a brewer's standpoint, what 
Um, I've, you know, there's a lot of different ways, but the way I've done it is you make your, you make your beer, you let it ferment. Once it's kind of done fermenting, it kind of goes into this sort of, um, secondary fermentation where it's very slow and you can extract a lot of aromas from things you just throw a bag of in. So if you want to do hops, throw it in, you're going to get all aromas. I did the same thing with coffee as I took about a pound of coffee. It's a five gallon batch. You really coarsely grind it. So there's a lot of, um, well, you don't want particles, but it tends to, um, only need a pretty, pretty light grind and then you throw that in in just a bag that you can pull out when it's time um, but i'm interested to hear not only about the cold brew process but also how that kind of gets infused and that would probably be a perfect segue into our next beer so go ahead i want to hear about cold brewing tristan has a pretty amazing way of brewing his cold brew so yeah so the way we the the method we use is uh the kyoto cold brew tower um, so essentially you have like an ice water at the very top vessel. Um, there's like three different vessels that you use and then you can incorporate little spirals to brighten it up a little bit for aesthetics. Um, yeah, crack it open there. We always pause for the sound. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, so you have like an ice water in the top vessel um, and it drips about one drip per second. Um, over a bed of coffee and that is by whatever um, quantity you want and brew method you want um, so you have the ice water dripping one drip per second over that bed of coffee and then it takes roughly 13 to 18 hours to brew um, so depending on the, the wow. ratio I'm using whether it's like a 1 to 12 or 1 to 6 um, it could take anywhere from 13 hours to yeah 18 um, but it's extremely smooth because you're not oversaturating the coffee, over extracting it. Um, it's just one drip at a time. We do ours a little bit different here. So we kind of have like a southern style cold brew. Um, so we do more of like almost like a tea steeping process. We have a filter that we put the coffee and we add chicory root to ours. So um, that sounds good. Yeah, it adds a little bit of a southern, They some call it a New Orleans style cold brew. So um, ours is a little bit different, um, but yeah, I think it adds something nice to the cold brew. Yeah, I've, I've had that and I thought, I did thought it was, I think it was very um, kind of woody and, and a little smoky. And I bet that was the chicory that came through because I walked out of here and I was like, Boy, that was a really interesting cold brew. I don't think I've ever yeah, kind of had the flavors, yeah. had the flavors out of that. So, well, now I know why. You do. That's the secret. Okay, so, so while we're pouring this, uh, pouring this new beer around here, I just wanted to read <laughs> read this beer that Mark referenced and see what you guys think of this description. So this is the Hammerhead Speedway Stout. So another coffee variant of this. Uh, it's like a twelve percent um, stout from Alesmith out of San Diego. So uh, for this one. Um, I'll just kind of I'll basically read it word for word. It says, in the case of the Hammerhead Speedway Stout, we endeavored to maximize Java intensity as baristas do with the classic coffee house offering the Hammerhead, quote-unquote, in which a shot of espresso is added to a cup of coffee. For this beer, we take our already coffee-rich Speedway Stout and add a plentiful dose of crushed Ethiopian and espresso beans. So, so I'd love to have that one and just see good. how much more coffee-forward that is relative to... Some of the other ones, but so I just is that just sounds great. Is that just another name for like a depth charge? Is it just a hammerhead? Is that what they're kind of referring to? It sounds like it, but I've never heard the you know I've never what heard do you, the term. What do you call it? Like I when you drop know. when you put an espresso shot. In it, a I thought it was called coffee. a red eye. Oh, red eye. That's yeah. what we call it. Yeah. I've call, I've heard a depth charge. I've heard. No, well, there's there's no reason not to add more coffee and caffeine to your coffee. Right. Agreed. More bang for your buck. So uh, the beer we just poured um, is 
from Industry Brewing, a new brewery uh, out of Peoria, Illinois. So it's uh, not too far away from where we are right now. The beer is called The Opener. It's a coffee stout, 6.5% uh, alcohol by volume, and uh, 42 IBU. So uh, it looks like it's got some pretty nice body to it, and I think we all got our glasses poured, so we're going to start drinking this. And what was the what was the coffee that was used yeah, for this? tell us about that. So I used uh, what's one of the most favorites that we have is the Costa Rica. Um, so this process pr- t- took about 18 hours, but there's a lot of floral, chocolatey notes to it, um, even some, like, white peach in there. Okay. Um, so it's a lot more concentrated than it's, my typical cold brew. Yeah. But Have you had this the beer before, or is this the first time having the beer? Uh, I've had you've, it before. Had yeah. it before. Yeah. I, I, oh, we've never had it before. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. Yeah, no, it is. Actually, I'm, I, I kind of like it better than the Sump, because it has more intense coffee flavor. Right. I was, I was kind of laughing to Tristan, because uh, trying the other ones, I'm like, okay, they're going to notice this is a lot more coffee full. Yeah, like, definitely. Going mm-hmm. forward. That's what I like about it. We had a lot of fun actually working with Industry Brewing on this one, um, just because we probably tried, what, three or four different over yep. ratios. And every time I was like, oh, yeah, that's good. Let's try a little bit different. And it just kept getting more and more intense. So did, was there ever a point where you tried like too much and you're like, whoa, we got to like back it off a little bit? Or like, did you like really push those limits? Or like, how did that work? I'd say Tristan pushed the limits because our <laughs> coffee was almost overflowing out of our yeah. our brewer. So okay. we got to the point where like, if we had any more, we're just going to have a little volcano going on. <laughs> we, had, we had towels around the bed of coffee just in case it overflowed. Wow. So that yeah, was pretty intense. <laughs> so at what point did you add it to the beer? Um, they added it towards... The end? the end, yeah. I believe. Yeah. yeah. I think typically when they do cold brews, it's a blend. So they kind of blend it, like you said, with a ratio to the beer that's probably... That's already fermented, right? Yeah. Yeah. So it kind of just adds that coffee flavor, like I was mentioning, where, I mean, this is great. It almost doesn't even taste al- like... No. It really isn't much so alcohol strange. at all. I mean, yeah. if you were to give me this at six in the morning, I probably wouldn't even think it was a beer until <laughs> I probably got a little bit of a buzz. Well, then like, cold coffee, oh, this, right? this is a nice <laughs> cup of coffee. Then we know you have a problem. <laughs> Intervention... I guess that's a question I had for you guys. Um, am I gathering that actually coffee adds something to the beer in its own way? That not necessarily you want a coffee tasting beer, but you want just the subtle notes and maybe it does something to the coffee itself? Or Well, Evan's the brewer, so I, I was going to let yep. him answer. I mean, take it, Evan. I think from a just a taste perspective, it's probably more just how different people have preferences. So. Mm-hmm. Um, it's probably more of the, you know, the mood I'm in, I guess I would say, because, um, I mean, this is great. There's nothing wrong with this at all. Um, I would say most of the time I probably prefer it where it is more just kind of subtle notes. Um, so there's definitely that coffee presence there, but it's, you're, you're really tasting the beer a lot more of it. Um, but I think, I don't know, that's my opinion that it's probably just more, you know, kind of everyone's different preferences. Yeah. I think, well, personally from where I am, um, it's, it depends on what else you put it in. If you just have a stout and you have just coffee with it, I want a ton of coffee. Now, there's a lot more balance you have to strike when you're adding other things. Like people will add this with chocolate and coconut or they add vanilla beans. and vanilla beans. Yeah. And so you'll get this like totally wild. You get sweet, you get bitter, and you have to be a little bit more subtle with the coffee in those because you don't want the coffee to overpower. Subtle things like vanilla can sometimes be very subtle. Um, so you have to be a little bit careful with um, adding other adjuncts is what, you know, you call it in the beer world is adding adjuncts. But, you know, alone, coffee, give it to me. Give it to me and give me a lot of it. Yep. Yeah. I think also uh, just coffee in general, um, 
something that I want to do. I'm I'm also the I'm the provisions guy of the pints and provisions. <laughs> the provisions so, guy. So I I'm I'm a big uh, griller and barbecue guy, and uh, something that I actually would like to try would be, and I'm I'm my wheels are kind of turning here. I'm I'm. Let me get your guys' take oh, on this. What 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 if we do a CXT uh, coffee rubbed ribeye, and we'll we'll reverse sear that yeah. bad boy and smoke it. By we, it. you mean you? Yeah, <laughs> but we'll we'll smoke it and then reverse sear it and. I'll, I will come. Yeah, right. we'll, we'll, we'll be there. All right. <laughs> let's, let's do it for real. Sometime this, sometime this summer, let's do it. I think it'd be awesome. Yeah. yeah. Well, th- yeah, this guy's the master at, uh, at, at doing the, the smoking and everything. So everything that, that is involved in that world, let that, guy, let that guy be in charge. If he invites you over to eat at his house, just take the take invitation. Yeah, you will be let down. Let's yeah. do it. That's awesome. awesome. Well, what about um, – so another big thing in coffee now is the barrel-aged coffee. We kind of – talked about this a little bit and I as far as I know what all that they do is throw beans in a bourbon barrel and let that yeah, sit that'd be my guess and then you usually buy these beans and I've made it in my house and it smells like I have a distillery in my house um, <laughs> I don't particularly like it have you guys ever had these before um, I've, I've tasted coffee before but we've never really experimented with it too much um, what I know uh, is that you store the unroasted coffee into the the barrels um, and then after, uh, I don't know, I don't know how many months it is, but, uh, you then roast it. And so you're roasting off the alcohol, but you're keeping that flavor. So I think that's something we wanted to try definitely. So we're looking in some, ba- looking into some barrels to, to purchase and then have our way with it really. So throughout the, the period where they're in the barrels, are, is someone stirring them up so that all the beans kind of get a little bit of time touching the oak and, and touching the, the actual barrel itself? Yeah. Or do they just sit there? I mean, We're, we're going to look into that. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> My we're, guess is you'd want to rotate it a little yeah. bit. And it's not like it beer all. where, you know, you don't want to expose too much oxygen to it or anything. It's, you just want to let it sit and the natural liquid's going to move around and all of it's going to touch it. But I assume with beans, you know. It's fine to open it up and, and stir it around probably every couple of days or something. Yeah, or rock the the barrel. Or that, yeah. Throw yeah. it on a ship or something. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, they aged, do. Aged at sea. Yeah, aged at sea. There, yeah, there's, there's beers they do that with. They do it with Jefferson's bourbon. Thank you. Uh, yeah. Thank you. That's what it was, that Jefferson's bourbon. Okay. He's also our bourbon guy, so anything oh, okay. bourbon, yes. you know, let that guy take one, care. One thing that I gather from all of this, uh, coffee is much uh, – it's very similar to – to the wine and the beer industry and the fact that people are always trying something and experimenting with something. And I think like that, that's what draws me to this because if, if I, if I showed up to your shop and it was the same thing every time, I'm personally going to get bored. Yeah. Yeah. We've got to go to, but I'm always looking for that next thing to try. And I think that's what's so cool. So when I hear you guys talk about, yeah, we want to try that, or I want to change this roast of how we do this. I, that just gets me excited and uh, it's there's always something new to check out, and uh, I just really appreciate that. Yeah. Great. Oh yeah. That's yeah. like what we we do something similar, not like with roasting, but every month we have like a different flavor. So I come up with we make our own syrups here, which I'm really passionate about. So um, every month or every couple of months we come up with a new seasonal flavor, and so it's just fun. And it and like you said, it kind of draws in your customers. Like, what's new? Like, what have you tried now? And um, it, that way they don't get bored with that same old go-to coffee. You know, you can kind of push them out of their box. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes I'll even say, like, 
just try like the lavender latte. A lot of people were really scared of that oh, at the yeah. beginning. They were like, oh, a lavender, what could that taste like? <laughs> and then they try it and they're like, wow, well, oh, this is incredible. And for Valentine's Day, we did a rose latte. So That's I just cool. made a simple syrup and then I would steep um, organic rosebuds in there. And it had like this awesome, you know, flavor to it. And people just fell in love with it. So I think that like trying new things like that just really um, captivates your your audience. You know, it, it lets them try new things and experience coffee in a different way. Her peanut butter latte is amazing. <laughs> peanut butter cup, yeah. I was going to vouch for the, the uh, lavender. Yes. Oh, the yeah, peanut butter that sounds... cup, the, uh, the flavor of the month right it now. It is right now, yes. Oh. I might have to get one of those to go. <laughs> I know. It sounds amazing. <laughs> I, I think that's why my wife comes here is because of all the different syrups. It's fun. Yeah. And it's dangerously close to your house, Evan. <laughs> dangerously <laughs> close to my house. So. That's awesome. It's got to be one of the best things about being kind of a roaster like we are. It's just seeing all the creative things that people do with this product that we think we're like, oh, we're, we're doing so many cool things with it. And then you come to Sarah's shop and you're like, oh, wow, we didn't really know you could do that. So it's pretty pretty fun to do that, I would say. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I live dangerously close to CXT. So, uh, you know, I, go, I, I usually go down there and buy a cup of coffee and then get a bag of beans or two. Um, but I always like, I mean, you guys always have probably seven, eight, nine different, uh, different styles out there. So kind of like what Mark said, I can just go and just kind of whatever flavor sounds good that time or one that I haven't tried, there's always something new to, to experiment with. And then I, you know, I'll make it at home and, and go from there. But it is, it is nice having the different varieties for sure. And what's fun about these guys is they're just like never afraid of it. You know, they're like, we're going to do our research and we're just going to try it and see how it turns out. And yeah. they do so much research and they're so knowledgeable that it just seems like it always works out really well. You know, like they just do it so well. So, yeah. Another question that I would have um, for for someone that's maybe just, uh, what would be a good uh, gateway coffee, like a, a certain style or a region <laughs> for someone someone that's coming over from the the, the Folger side? No, yeah. no. no. But, I mean, to to stuff. get into more of the what what would you guys recommend? I mean, I don't know necessarily you want to someone that's just getting into coffee you might not want to hit them with like some huge bold dark roast coffee what's your guys take on that well, but you're not afraid of like big bold beers so no not at all i'm just saying for <laughs> but, but but there are just yeah just as there there's gateway beers you know something that i would ease um you know one of the the big domestic drinkers uh i would ease them in i gotcha so like so, one that we would recommend would just be like our standard costa rican mm -hmm. so costa rican was what we started in the trailer with it being limited space uh we were only able to do one um you know kind of drip so uh, costa rican is just our house specialty coffee and so um that's always like our go-to when people are like i don't want something too dark or too bold um costa ricans the, always are profile go -to. of that costa rican is it just like kind of a, a happy medium just a, it truly is okay. yeah it's just a wonderful coffee and it's just more i don't know if you guys i would say more mild like it just is well balanced. it's well balanced yeah. yeah i think that's a better way of describing it i would definitely recommend starting with the centrals mm -hmm. you know your, your costa rica guatemala even you know colombia brazil but uh Actually, more than the region, just the process, I think, makes a big difference. I mean, okay. you're going to want to go with what they call a, um, um, like a washed process. This basically means that the coffee has had its fruit removed before they've dried the coffee. Um, <clears throat> what we referred to earlier as the natural process, where they sort of leave the fruit on the bean before they dry it and then wash it off later. That kind of gives it that really fruity and weird taste that um, if you're just coming into specialty coffee, you're going to find it almost 
repelling in a way. Interesting. But as you grow into learning that coffee can have different palates and different tastes, you, you come to love it, I would say. And our mom is a prime example of that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> she was a big dark roast, like, oh, give me that Colombian coffee mm-hmm. every time. And uh, we've sort of warmed her into the, the Ethiopians. We haven't quite gotten her to the natural yet. But the Ethiopian <laughs> coffees, you know, where you're getting a lot of those like little red fruits and stuff. At first, she was like, blah, you know. and uh, She doesn't like it in the morning, that's for sure. <laughs> She's like, wow. I want that sweeter in the afternoon, you know. Yeah. She needs her, uh, her, still her medium roast in the morning to wake her okay. up. Okay. So, so ask your local roaster for just, um, you know, a, a medium to medium light Central American that has something like a wash process. And I still know that sounds crazy, but, you know, they'll know exactly what you're talking about. Okay. No, I think that um, it's interesting how, um, you know, we kind of, want to be a very like beer focused um, podcast because that's what our passions are but our provision side of this is very much all these crafts and they overlap so interestingly well with roasting with talking to your local roasters you don't know how much like local brewers want you to sit down and talk to them and that means a lot <clears throat> to not only the brewers but i'm sure you roasting and sarah you here at the coffee you want people to talk about your product and let them know what what to do what they like and what their preferences are because they're going to be the ones that keep coming back. And going back to what Mark said, changing it up is always big. You know, the, the best breweries are the ones that always are kind of pushing the limits. So um, that's what's fun about the crafts that we kind of like to encompass into our sort of podcast. I mean, we basically talked more about coffee today, but we got to enjoy some very coffee-forward beer. So Yeah, it's, it's kind of all um – the, the similar qualities of uh, or characteristics of all this is like it's it's all an experience, right? It's you know whether it's coffee, bourbon, uh, wine, beer, travel, even you know it's all about like the experience and they they all are different worlds in in their own to some extent, but at the same time they all can kind of come together very very easily because it's there's a lot of similarities to it. There's a lot of characteristics that are a part of each one that uh, that bring people together and it's great. Yeah. And so uh, the other thing is, you know, we want to we love staying local and uh, getting you guys to invite us to record here on location, the spot here in technically still Peoria, maybe still Peoria, still Peoria. But we're pretty, uh, pretty up here north. So uh, anybody up here, where can we check you out on social media? I know Instagram. Yep. The spot coffee on Instagram and on Facebook as well. You can catch our mobile uh, schedule there on Sundays. And then, you know, every day we try to do some kind of update and feature our customers or feature our flavor of the week, um, different um, employees here. So just all kinds of, you know, little bright spots during the week as well on our um, social media pages. You really get to know who is behind, you know, the counter and who is behind the whole process, which is, you know, what everybody looks to. How about you, Tristan and Mitch? What about, uh, where can we check you guys out? Uh, we are on Instagram and uh, Facebook. Uh, on Instagram, we're at CXT Coffee. And then I'm pretty sure you can search that on uh, Facebook and find us at CXT Roasting Company. Um, but uh, yeah, we appreciate you guys having us out here too and uh, putting this on for us. Can people buy your beans online at all? Are you guys doing that at all yet? Uh, yeah, we, okay. we are. All yeah. right. Um, but uh, when you come into the shop, you, you see what's really new. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I know. Uh, that's great. Oh, yeah. yeah. We, we've, uh, my wife, uh, my mother-in-law, we've all been down and, and everyone just loves coming in there. It's a great time. Oh, well, thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Um, so, and, and for us, you know, we can check us out on Facebook, Instagram. Uh, Ryan runs our Twitter page. 
Um, Mark runs uh, most of the pictures, so all those beautiful pictures, uh, you'll see some uh, up about this uh, particular um, episode. So hopefully you guys check us out. Um, we're also a part of the Hopped Up Network, which is a uh, group of beer-focused podcasts, but it's interesting. Um, pretty much every podcast on that network has a little bit something different about them, some like music, uh, like Drunken Lullabies, which is actually here in the Peoria area, or at least regionally. Um, some that kind of focus, uh, there's a new one that focuses on heavy metal and beer. Um, so if you have a particular interest or a particular um, area, you'll find one that you liked on that network. So I uh, appreciate everybody uh, listening, and hopefully we get to do some more of this in, soon in the future. So usually at the end, we like to cheers our glasses. So cheers, cheers everybody. Guys. All right. All right. Cheers. cheers. Thank you. Thank you, guys.